0: This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports.
1: out your name, but even if it was you, I don't know what
2: I would say. We could sit and reminisce about the old school. It is
0: Thursday. That means you are a week and a day away from the Denver Broncos' first preseason game against the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. Joining us now to talk about it from the Denver Gazette is our friend Chris Thomason. Chris Thomason on Twitter is the handle. Just, uh... Uh, Bronco's Notebook out there today at the Denver Gazette. Make sure you go check it out. Chris, thanks for the time today.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. really appreciate
0: it. Uh, this has been, obviously, a, a pretty interesting week. You know, we've talked about uh, the, the offense before you came on and the idea that it is still behind the defense. Um, That, at a certain point, isn't actually all that unusual at this stage of training camp. As a matter of fact, Alex Singleton correctly pointed out after practice today that uh, it's more or less the same guys. Now, there are a couple differences on the line when you're talking about Frank Clark, who at least uh, conceivably is there, but not uh, hasn't been practicing this week. And Zach Allen, who's looked pretty darn good coming in. I think that's been one of the, uh, the the bright sides of practice. But when you're looking at the defense compared to the offense at this point, would you agree with that? Is it surprising that the defense looks to be that much further ahead or is it to be expected?
2: Well, I mean, George Payton pretty much came out before the draft and said, hey, our defense is pretty good. And uh, they like their defense. And historically, in training camp, the defense often is more ahead of the offense. And as you touched upon, there's more carryover on the defense with more players back. Vance Josephs, the defensive coordinator, who has the history of being the head coach just a few years ago, and uh, meanwhile, a lot of new paces on offense, and they're learning Sean Payton's new offense. So, yeah, I'm not surprised the defense being ahead of the
0: offense. Now, much has been made of, of of course, Russell Wilson's early struggles when it talks when you talk about throwing interceptions at practice. Uh, obviously, interceptions at practice are not all created equal. But just zoom out because obviously we we can only re- report on so much. Has Russell Wilson looked to you? And and I know that you know. When you're covering this team and Wilson, this is somewhat of a fresh eyes on it, and that's what I appreciate. Does Russell Wilson look right to you? Does he look like the guy you'd seen over the course of the previous 10 years he had before coming to Denver? Uh, If he doesn't, is it age that appears to be the issue, or is there something about him uh, not understanding the system, or, or who knows what?
2: Well, he looks to have more mobility than last season from what I saw from the Broncos out of last year. You mentioned I didn't cover the team last year. You know, I'm surprised he's thrown the interceptions he has. There were three straight days he threw interceptions to Justin Simmons. But, you know, we've talked about the defense ahead of the offense. And I remember last year I was covering the Vikings, and Kirk Cousins was through several interceptions in training camp, and everybody was saying, ah, oh, what's wrong with Cousins? He was learning a new offense under – Kevin O'Connell then, and turned out to have a pretty darn good regular season for the Vikings as they went 13-4. and I mean, Sean Payton touched a little bit about it after practice today, but, you know, often when players are learning, quarterbacks are learning a new offense, you know, they may be more aggressive in doing some things in training camp to get it out of the system or to learn it when there's obviously not as much to lose than there would be during a regular season game. So, you know, it's hard to say what exactly they're asking Wilson to do when he's throwing the interceptions and how much he's worked on it. But, you know, if it continues throughout training camp, yeah, it'll become a big concern.
0: Yeah, and I think that's part of it, too. Uh, We had an opportunity to to speak with Cody Rourke just a little bit ago as well. And part of the thing to keep in mind is, you don't necessarily know uh, what they're asking Wilson to do in a given play. We don't know the order in which his reads are. We we understand what maybe they traditionally look like, but we don't really know all of that. And I, and is there value when you realize that the person maybe making the picks is Justin Simmons? I mean, one of the top three safeties by any measure in the league that it might be also looked at as a way of saying, wow, Simmons looks like he might still have even another level to reach this year.
2: Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. I mean, uh, He's one of the top players on the team, and uh, you would expect him to play well, regardless of who he's playing against, uh, whether it be another quarterback or whether it be Russell Wilson. So, yeah, I mean, Sean Payton says he's unconcerned. I mean, obviously, the way he's thrown his support behind Russell Wilson, even if he was concerned, he's not going to come out and say it. So uh, we'll just evaluate it, and be interesting to see If Russell, what kind of work he gets in the preseason. I mean, uh, Peyton said today that Javante Williams will play in the preseason, possibly in week two, which might suggest that uh, maybe we'll see a little bit of Wilson in week two in the preseason at San Francisco if some starters starters on offense are playing.
0: Looking at that preseason plan, and obviously as we see more and more teams sort of pass on having their starters play significant snaps, it is a risk-reward, right? We're talking about the idea of uh, the wrong person gets hurt. It could really uh, sabotage your season. And so that's the risk that some teams have decided it's not worth it, whereas the Broncos and Sean Payton, I think, has the ability to step in as a new coach and say, we don't even really know what we have. We've got to see these guys. They've got to play. Uh, But it doesn't feel like this is a one-year thing. This feels like this is just who Sean Payton is. This is how he likes to run things. And you're going to play in the preseason.
2: Yeah, he said that in March at the owners' meetings, the players will play in the preseason, and obviously he said today, as I noted, that Javante Williams will play. I mean, that's his strategy. Obviously, I'm not going to think that those guys are going to play all three games. It might just be one, but uh, all indications are he wants to get the starters some work, and that would probably include the offensive line too, I would imagine, with two key new pieces in Mike McGlinchey
0: and Ben Powers. Yeah, speaking of those two guys, uh, that that is interesting to me, the I, the idea that when you're looking at the Broncos running game and we looked at the additions, they added McGlinchey, they added Powers, they also added uh, Manhurts and Troutman at tight end. I started the show talking about how this team is, is not going to be uh, let Russ cook on offense. They are going to be uh, running heavy sets, maybe even two back sets. This is going to be a team that seems to want to control the pace of the game, and that would actually coincide with what uh, Peyton and his mentor, Bill Parcells, did, especially when they went into games where they were the team that where they knew they probably had lesser talent.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, in talking about Wilson over the last few days, Peyton has brought up the running game, so uh, if – Wilson is doing a good job on leading the team down the field with emphasis on the running game. That's probably what Peyton wants him to do. So it's going to be more of a ball control attack. He certainly hopes. I mean, when I was on with you guys a few weeks ago, I brought up the dreaded game manager tag for Russell Wilson, but uh, if he wins games, Sean Payton will be quite happy with having a game manager, a quarterback.
0: And that's really the part of it, isn't it? Now, can Russell Wilson buy into that in the early going? And it's obviously early going. But, I mean, Sean Payton came in with his offense on day one. They've gone through the OTAs. They've gone through this early stage of training camp. Russell Wilson knows entirely what the offense is. Have you seen any indication that he would want to go uh, off script or have any issue with this offense whatsoever? Because, as we know, uh, when he had that limited trade uh, list where he could be traded, The Saints were on that team, on that list for him when Sean Payton was the head coach. So the the idea that Wilson might bristle, it's tough to say that because Wilson was clearly open to being coached by Sean Payton prior to joining the Denver Broncos.
2: Well, I mean, all accounts so far is that Wilson's been a a good soldier and is doing his best to buy into what uh, Sean Payton is coaching. And uh, there were times in Seattle when uh, they had a, more of a running attack, maybe, than some other teams did. And he wasn't throwing the ball crazily all over the place. And they won. And he has a Super Bowl ring and probably should have two. But uh, so they probably should have run on that play. Right. If you uh, in, uh, in uh, February 2015. But um, yeah, I mean, all indications are he's buying into what Sean Payton is selling so far.
0: We are uh, basically a week out from the first preseason game. Now, obviously, they don't do significant installs to, for an opponent in the preseason. But when they get to game week next week, uh, traditionally, what do you see change? And what do you expect to see change for the Broncos, knowing that they will be playing next Friday?
2: Yeah, I mean, Peyton said they're going to meet next week and um, go over a, a plan. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to not see too many starters in the first preseason game. He still wants to then to get some work in practice, but, uh, there's a lot of people he wants to look at. I mean, he's mentioned that he's, you ask him a question about some particular player and he's like, well, I'm still evaluating him still need to see more of them. So he's got his list of who he wants to see a lot more of. And, uh, We'll see some of those guys against Arizona.
0: The Broncos have had a a spate of injuries. We know now that Jonas Griffith out for the year with a torn ACL. Bad break for him. He missed nine games last year with a broken foot. We know that Riley Moss... Uh, will miss a month with the sports hernia repair, and it's an unfortunate month for a rookie to miss. It it makes it very hard to catch up during the course of the regular season to get significant time. Those guys have been uh, expected to be uh, maybe depth players with a little bit of upside this year. Obviously, the Tim Patrick injury is significant. Brandon Johnson seems to be getting uh, the most opportunities at it, given the fact, you know, the size, the the ability there. That's the one spot where the Broncos feel they maybe need to replace a starting caliber player. But Peyton's comments specifically about – Uh, It didn't feel that this was anything out of the ordinary. It's training camp. There are injuries. They're unfortunate. You try to avoid them, but it's the nature of football. Uh, Does that sort of stability, I think, help the narrative, not only for the team itself, but maybe for fans who have been understandably upset about the injuries for the Broncos over the last couple of years, and even for media folks who tend to maybe overreact a little bit to some of these things. Uh, Injuries are never good, but the truth of the matter is nobody gets through a season unscathed. Peyton seemed to be taking all that in stride.
2: Yeah, I don't buy that. I, in fact, was the one who asked him the question mm-hmm. today in the press conference whether he feels their snake bit, and he quickly shot that down. But uh, they sure look snake bit so far. I mean, you just mentioned some got three guys who are out and throw in uh, KJ Hamler, right. who they thought, you know, would be coming back, you know, around now from his torn pectoral muscle. And then, boom, all of a sudden he has the uh, mild. Hart situation. They hope to resign him by, you know, early in the regular season, but there's no guarantee that'll happen. So two wide receivers are down uh, a key depth guide inside linebacker and, an intriguing rookie. And uh, I mean, it's a sports hernia type thing for Riley Moss, but those things kind of tend to linger. I mean, I've heard ah, four weeks mm-hmm. and all that, but those things can linger longer and he's going to miss a lot of key time on the field as a rookie. So he may not, it might be a long time before he can become a significant contributor. So yeah, they've definitely been snake bit so far and uh, they've only had a week of training camp. So uh, we'll see what happens the rest of the way.
0: We're talking to Chris Thomas of the Denver Gazette and, and let's find out where they haven't been snake bit. Uh, obviously we know that that Frank Clark situation hasn't been practicing, but the team has kind of called that. In fact, the term was quote club decision, Uh, They're not particularly concerned about it. Some sort of, uh, you know, something that's keeping him away. But uh, on the bright side, Randy Gregory has looked good. And maybe that the key, one of the big additions, the Broncos moved away, let uh, Draymond Jones walk. They brought in Zach Allen. Allen, a guy's never had more than four and a half sacks. Although J.J. Watt, uh, no less of a luminary, said that he felt that Allen was about ready to explode. Maybe J.J. Watt was right. But I've been there Uh, It appears that Allen's been one of the more explosive players on the Broncos. And when you're talking about a team that needs a pass rush desperately, uh, that might be an X factor this season.
2: Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, he was their only real key free agent signing on defense. And I was talking to Ryan Harris, the former Bronco offensive lineman and uh, analyst now. And, He thought that that was a total steal, and he said, look out for Zach Allen. He was saying that back in uh, March. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be a key addition, no doubt, to the defense. I mean, that's when a lot of guys break loose is they've played four seasons, and then you get them on their next contract with a new team, and they kind of break loose.
0: Has there been any indication on that defense? Uh, I mean, I I haven't heard from it from from players, even though, you know, Jiro Everett was very well regarded, and now they've gone back to Vance Joseph as the defensive coordinator. But it seems as if that transition from defensive coordinator to defensive coordinator has basically been seamless. Is that due to the fact that there's some familiarity with the coaching, or is it because most of the players are the same, or is it a little bit of both?
2: Well, I mean, I think Vance Joseph has the perfect temperament I mean, it's quite unusual to see a guy who was the head coach just a few years ago. gets fired, and then he's back with the team so soon as defensive coordinator. I know Wade Phelps did it, but he had like 20 years between stints. Right. So that, that's a bit different. Yeah, but Vance Joseph has a very unique temperament. Uh, from my dealings with him, I dealt with him a little bit when he was a head coach, uh, even though I was covering the Vikings, and then a little bit so far as defensive coordinator. Seems to be a guy doesn't really have an ego, easy to work with, and seems to be the perfect uh, temperament for the role that he's in. You know, even though he's not the head coach, but you know, in a in a way, he's the head coach of the defense because Sean Payton is an offensive guy.
0: Uh, last one for you, and as you brought up the, the Vikings, I think you're the right person to talk to about this because when teams uh, suffer injuries and have to make moves, the Broncos kept roughly $9 million or so of cap space free. Presumably that's to keep uh, be prepared for injuries and try to find a way to cover if you have to. But, you know, you covered... George Payton up there with the Vikings. Is this kind of the way he normally uh, functions? How much of this do you believe is George Payton and how much of this now is being directed by Sean Payton?
2: You know, I think it's just common sense uh, keeping some money in reserve because things obviously can happen and they have happened. I mean, the Vikings weren't able to do it because they signed a lot of, crazy contracts Uh, you know some of them may be excessive but that was Rick Spielman the general manager and not George Payton so the Vikings got themselves into uh, cap trouble and had to dump a lot of veterans this past off season but I think that's just makes sense especially with a team that isn't going to be contending for the Super Bowl this year I mean if you're contending for the Super Bowl I mean yeah you might roll the dice a little bit more and load up but you know the the broncos can afford to uh keep a little bit in the piggy bank
0: no and let's keep talking on whatever wood they can find that the injuries bug is uh stops biting for at least a little bit he is chris thompson make sure you give him a follow Over on Twitter, Chris Thomason and everything you can see right at the Denver Gazette. Make sure you check it out. Uh, Doing a terrific job. There has a new notebook up today that's worth reading for sure. Stay on top of all the latest with the Broncos with Chris. Really appreciate it. Thanks for the time.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. Really appreciate
0: it. All right. We'll catch you out there. Thanks again. Chris Thomason joining us with the latest on the Denver Broncos. I mean, y- you can hear it. That is the sound of football coming back. And now's the time to place those preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas. And now you can use their promo code MILEHIGH. Where have you heard that one before? To score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. That means win or lose. They'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code MILEHIGH. Don't miss out this football season. Go ahead and win some money with Superbook Sports and that promo code MILEHIGH. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The drama surrounding John Payton and Nathaniel Hackett, the Jets, the Broncos, Aaron Rodgers, pulling Will Smith about keeping your coach's name out of your mouth that enough to get the Broncos flexed to Sunday night football in week five? That's been the, the word around town. Spoiler alert. No, it's not. And I'll tell you why next on My Life Sports. To the
2: pad
1: and hit the showers. Didn't get no static from the just
0: them booze tried to blast me. Sandy Clough and Sean Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. There has been a, a thought process that because the, for, for a blip, and I mean a blip, remember, the 24-hour news cycle, everyone's got to be angry about everything, right? Right? I and mean, that's just where we live think of extremes, there wasn't much to talk about Separate teams have hit training camp. Well, Sean Payton stepped in it two days in a row, talking to his friend Jared Bell at USA Today and kind of giving a, a more candid interview than he probably should have, one in which Payton said later that it was a mistake his term, and that he regretted it. Also, his term. It led to a spicy retort by Aaron Rodgers who talked about his fondness for Nathaniel Hackett and said It'd be best if Sean Payton kept his quarter, uh, kept his coach's name out of his mouth. So fortunately avoided the Will Smith slap, although maybe he would have done it if it was in person, he might've had more drama there. But with Payton's, if not retraction, at least admission that he shouldn't have said it and voicing regret that he said it at all that more or less put it to bed and then nathaniel hackett when he had a chance to address it recently took the high road and did so in a way that was more adept than he handled it as a broncos coach because not only did he take the high road he also was able to jab a little bit back to Peyton, but do it with a smile and make his point
1: obviously last week has been a uh, very unique week i think uh for for this organization and um you know i i've been involved in this business my whole life 43 years and uh, as a coach you know as a coach's kid uh you know we live in a glass house we know that we all live in different rooms we all got a key for it and it's one of those things that there's a code there's a way things are done in that house and you know, this past week, it, it's, it's, it's frustrating and it sucks, but uh, we're all susceptible to it. There are things that you do, mistakes you make, and it costs you time on the field, costs you your job, all those things. And I own all that stuff. I mean, it's that fact. I got no excuses. That's how we live here at the New York Jets. That's how we've lived everywhere I've been. No excuses. So I own all those things. And um, it's, it's unfortunate that that had to happen, uh, that the comments that were made, but hey, they did. I'll tell you, I was probably more surprised that they happened now, was definitely expecting them in week five. So I'm I'm almost thankful uh, that we got that, you know, out of the way.
0: was asked after that uh, if he had received the apology that that Sean Payton said he would get to for both Robert Sala, the head coach, and Nathaniel Hackett. And uh, Hackett pointed out that he did not. He had not received it, nor did he, quite frankly, expect to receive it. So I, I think Hackett handled that. And Hackett, by the way, uh, completely over his skis as a head coach with the Denver Broncos. 100%. Nobody's going to dispute that. I don't even know if Hackett's going to dispute it. You heard him right there. But never seemed like a bad guy. John Payton made him look sympathetic. And so the idea is that, wow, all of a sudden, in week five, the Broncos play the Jets. Look at all that drama. You could flex it to Sunday night. The only NFL city in America that thinks that's a possibility apparently is here in Denver, and I don't know why. The game for that night is the Cowboys and the 49ers. The Cowboys and the 49ers, over in an NFC that is not nearly as stacked as the AFC, are both clear Super Bowl contenders. The Cowboys went 12-5 and last year. One of the best records in the league. The Niners went 13-4. and four. They're two of the marquee franchises. Both of those franchises have won multiple Super Bowls. There is no way on earth the Broncos and Jets are getting flexed into that game. No way. You are talking... Look at that again. Just let me, let me simplify. Dallas went 12-5, and five, second in their division, only to the NFC champ, Eagles. Niners went 13-4. and four. And won the NFC West. The Niners have multiple Super Bowls to their name. Cowboys as well. Now, the Jets at least have a Super Bowl to their name, although it was back in Super Bowl three. And the Broncos have three in their history, too. Certainly the most recent. But then again, since the Broncos were in that Super Bowl, they haven't been to the playoffs. The only team in the league that has been with more consecutive seasons of missing the playoffs than the Broncos are the Jets. That's it. These are the two teams in the NFL with the longest current streak of futility when it comes to the postseason. And by the way, both of them finished dead last in their division last year. I get it. The Jets added Aaron Rodgers. That's exciting. I get that. But Russell Wilson was here last year. That's not new. Coaches don't really move the needle when you're talking about, wow, I have to tune in and see this coach. Fans across the country are not saying, wow, I want to watch Sean Payton coach a game. Nobody says that. They don't say that about Kyle Shanahan of the Niners either. But they do want to watch the Niners. They want to watch Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa. And they want to watch Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, and Micah Parsons. There's no way that that game is getting flexed. I don't care if the Broncos and Jets start out hotter than anyone thinks. There's no way. And the fact that folks around town think that's even a possibility to me is a little sad. And I'm not trying to run people down. It just shows how far the Broncos have fallen, not only in the eyes of the national fan base, but even in the eyes of the local fan base. It would have not been long ago that it would have been embarrassing for Broncos fans to go, wow, their coach kind of stepped in it with some ill-advised comments that he admitted were a mistake and regretted, but that gets us back on the national media attention. That that would have been embarrassing not long ago for the Denver Broncos to have that be the case, let alone something you defend and argue. That should get them on national. That should get them on Sunday Night Football. It would have been an embarrassment. But it just shows how far they've fallen. New York's even passed it. They they, They have bigger fish to fry. They're in a division... With the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Patriots, the Patriots finished ahead of them at 8-9. and Maybe they're the worst team in the division, but the Bills and the Dolphins were playoff teams. The Jets are trying to jump them. They're in the same situation as the Broncos, except they have a two-game head start from last year at least. They finished with seven wins. The Jets fans are not worried about, oh, wow. I wonder what the Jets will do in week five against the last place from last year, Denver Broncos, because their head coach made fun of our offensive coordinator. Think about that. Do you think Jets fans actually care about... And I'm I'm talking about Jets fans, folks. Jets fans. In the Big Apple. Petty New York fans. And they don't even care about it all that much. They're not concerned about... A bad Broncos team where Sean Payton mouthed off about their offensive coordinator who they probably and somewhat rightly assume doesn't actually do that much coaching of Aaron Rodgers anyway. It's not even a story. It'll be a blip for week five because both of these teams are not going to get off to really hot starts more than likely. And it'll be brought up again prior to week five, but not as any some sort of bulletin board material because it's already over. Across the NFL landscape, no one cares. And the fact that there are folks in town that believe, and not not, fan, not just fans, there are fans, but media, members, media outlets, that want to say with a straight face, this game could be flexed into Sunday Night Football? Come on. Do you even want to see the Broncos and the Jets on Sunday Night Football over the Cowboys and the 49ers? Let me be completely honest. I don't. I know which game is going to probably be better if I'm actually just a football fan. I know which game has more star power if it's a football fan. I know which game has more on the line if I'm just a football fan. I'm born and raised in Colorado. I grew up watching this team. It's my home team. It's not going to get flexed, everybody. And it's it's embarrassing that there are any thoughts for this franchise, this franchise, this three-time Super Bowl-winning franchise. To think that your coach who made regrettable comments that actually got him ridiculed, the only people that thought those comments were acceptable were the few troglodyte fans who were so upset about the Broncos getting their teeth in year after year that they thought that the kind of rude, mouthy, unprofessional comments that Sean Payton made, that he all but admitted were exactly that. Stood as some sort of defiance or something. That's not what it was. But that just shows how desperate everyone is for the Broncos to make themselves relevant again. If they were a relevant team on the national space, this wouldn't be a discussion. It's only because the Broncos have played themselves into irrelevancy in which we're talking about this at all as a possibility to flex out the game between top contenders? Come on. That doesn't even make sense. But it shows how desperate the Broncos fan base has become. It shows how a sports media in this town who have for generations, literally generations, been able to just roll out anything Denver Broncos and realize that's going to get us great ratings, we're fine, we're good. Have to scrape and struggle to find things that are impactful. It's why we overreact to practices. It's why we're overreacting to comments that set off a temporary firestorm. Had this exact same thing happened, and Nathaniel Hackett pointed it out, had this happened in between week four and week five, it might have gotten a mention on Center, and then that would have been it. It wouldn't have lingered. It wouldn't have been, and you know what? The USA Today wouldn't have run it as a huge story either in between week four and week five. Jared Bell's story would not have been a page one story in week four and week five. It hit during a dead time in which there wasn't any significant NFL news. It made its splash, and it's gone. The ripples are over. It's, it's done. The only thing you're concerned about is that Aaron Rodgers might have taken it personally and looks to take it out on the Broncos in one of the games the Broncos really need to win if they're going to be taken seriously as playoff contenders. In the end, not to get all Shakespearean about it, but it is sound and fury, significant, signifying nothing. It means nothing. And that's what it should mean. It wasn't about football. In Sean P- Sean Payton's case, it was about ego. It was about making a mistake. I do believe in the end, it will actually help the Broncos because Sean Payton, who is Mr. No Drama, stay off of social media, I don't want your name in the news, is the first guy to do it, which he admitted, well, I told these guys not to do it, and I'm the one that did it. Hubris, karma, whatever you want to call it, Sean Payton got some of it, and he'll probably be better for it, which means the Denver Broncos will probably be better for it. But it's over. I mean, you're going to have to go to South Park Memberberries in about six weeks. Hey, remember when Sean Payton talked about it? By that time, no one's going to remember. No one cares. No one is going to come back to this. Look, you have three preseason games and four more regular season games before the Jets and Broncos. That's almost two months Peyton said it. Peyton said it was a mistake and said he regretted it. Hackett said what he said. Robert Sala came back and said, great, if you got haters, you must be doing something right. He, he was appreciating the bulletin board material. Thanks. But in two months, you're not going to remember that. You think you're going to start stop thinking about what Russell Wilson is doing right now or Javante Williams' health or the Broncos' pass rush or maybe Zach Allen's breaking out? Or maybe Jerry Judy and Wilson's rapport is real. Or who knows what. Whatever injuries, whatever's going on, you think you're going to go back between week four and week five and go, oh, it's all about this big rivalry between the Jets and the Broncos because of something Sean Payton said and tried to retract two months ago? It's not a thing. This is the only city in the NFL market world that cares about this. And the only reason that this city cares about it is because they don't have anything more impactful and concrete to believe in. And that's unfortunate because for the vast history of this franchise, certainly since 19, the, the mid-1970s and especially since Pat Bowen took over in the early 80s, This is the kind of stuff that was beneath the Denver Broncos to even mention or worry about or think about. So far down on the list, we never even considered it. You have to consider it now, but it's only because the Broncos are bad. and You don't embrace, let me put it this way. For Broncos country fans, I get it. If you think it was a great defiant move by Sean Payton, how do you feel about the fact that Sean Payton actually admitted he shouldn't have said it and regretted it? He didn't seem to think it was a great moment of defiance, so why do you? Secondarily, it's a distraction. Since when have the Broncos been so bad that a distraction was a reason to watch them? More than anything else this season, that's what Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos have to get back. An identity, a respectability, and being watchable. That's step one. The rest of it can come later. Speaking of things that aren't watchable this year, total Degenerator NFL junkie, the Hall of Fame game is tonight, but there is one part of it I am absolutely going to tune in for. Might not be the part you think. I'll explain next on Miley Sports.
1: Big up the the area.
0: This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Well, those uh, are the dulcet tones of the band Mirage. You might not recognize them because they didn't have an album or anything, but the lead singer and one of the top singers of that band will be singing the national anthem tonight at the NFL Hall of Fame game. That would be DeMarcus Ware. DeMarcus Ware, who does have a a singing background, of course, will be inducted into the Hall of Fame this weekend. We'll be singing the national anthem tonight at the Hall of Fame game. That is pretty cool. It's pretty great. Absolutely love it. So that part of the Hall of Fame game, I care about. After that, I will probably... Turn it off because the Zach Wilson, Kellen Mond quarterback duel, I'm probably okay sitting that one out. But the rest of it with uh, DeMarcus, I'm sure there will be some interviews here and there. I'll I'll catch them the next morning. They will obviously be featured uh, all over the place. But uh, the NFL season does start tonight at least in preseason format the jets will take on the browns in canton at the tom benson hall of fame stadium as uh, just in really quite frankly a couple of moments really 15 minutes uh until kick and of course right before that demarcus Ware with the uh, national anthem so uh congratulations to uh, demarcus demarcus will be the 11th player who played at least a portion of their career with the denver broncos in the hall of fame of course uh Primarily known as a Cowboy, Jerry Jones will be uh, doing the speech, inducting him into the hall. So, I mean, obviously, Ware is attached to the Cowboys as well. Quite frankly, he should be. Doesn't mean that Broncos fans can't enjoy uh, what DeMarcus Ware brought to the Denver Broncos. They most certainly could, including passing along a style of locker room leadership and mentorship to Von Miller, which Von Miller then continued to carry on. Uh, in his career as well. So uh, congratulations, DeMarcus Ware. Well, well, well-deserved uh, induction into the Hall of Fame. But uh, what a moment. And as someone, you know, who, quite frankly, has a bit of a singing background, I said, that's uh, that's a cool moment. And also probably terrifying. I would be doing that. don't put a heart monitor on DeMarcus when he's going to do that when That's a big one. But, uh, you know, if you're ever going to have one of those times when, uh, you're going to get to do it you might as well do it then and if there's ever one of those times where maybe you blow a note here or there well that's the time everyone's going to be okay with it they're going to forgive you so cool but uh enjoy that tonight for demarcus Ware getting to perform the uh the national anthem tonight at the hall of fame game that is great Dan- Danny. Are you do you watch the uh do you watch the hall of fame game i usually turn it on for a little bit just to get the the taste of football yeah but I'm just I'm
1: watching it all. The I'm way for the, it's painful.
0: Waiting for the regular season, it's yeah, hard. and yeah. it's like I don't know a lot of these guys. Maybe I'll see some of them later in the season. Maybe they'll turn up on a team that I do follow, uh, but more likely than not, a lot of the guys playing are probably not going to play a lot. in especially the NFL. We, especially this week. Um, yeah, you know, you you get uh, a, a situation in which a lot of these guys are not going to make teams, and and I, you know I pay attention to it, uh, but when I'm talking about the way I sort of ingest football in the preseason, obviously we everything with the Broncos paying attention to. And then I will go back and I'll kind of look at the uh, condensed preseason games of the teams the Broncos will be playing in the first month because I think there's some value in that. But when you're talking about teams the Broncos are going to play in November and December, watching them play preseason, it doesn't help you. I mean, it has to be something where, because by then they've hit their stride and, and the preseason doesn't matter. So uh, that's kind of the way I look at it. If preseason is your bag, of uh, whatever, cool. But, uh, if you're going to, you know. I put it this way. I would advise not betting on NFL preseason games, although you most certainly can. Uh, if you were, I'll give you one suggestion. It's a preseason game. I don't care who's playing in it. I don't care what preseason game it is. Uh, take the under. That's the smart one. <laughs> just do that. You have Danny pointed out a bunch of players who uh, are, aren't going to make teams. So, uh, yeah, whatever the under is, that's uh, that's your, if you're ever going to do it, uh, do that. Otherwise, just actually uh, don't don't bet. You're better than that. Don't bet preseason games. There's baseball games and other things going on, you know, at the Women's World Cup or something. But I mean, preseason games, just don't. Don't. And it, and if you're one of the folks doing, like, player props in a preseason game, oh, no, no. No, no, no. Don't. Don't. Don't do that. I mean. I have a feeling those have got to be hard to find in preseason, too, because that. It- the books don't even know who's playing who's playing or for how long right i mean it it's it's uh it's tricky and i mean you know i i i, I like my bets i'm not going to pretend that i don't i mean you know i uh host you bet tonight over at altitude when nate lundy's not there uh you know i've had a serious XM thing about, about betting and, you know i i like it but i mean <laughs> yeah my my advice when it comes down to NFL preseason is just put put the put the phone back in your pocket don't do it Especially if, for example, you also play in the NFL. Also, do not do that, like ever. You, re- you really shouldn't be betting on preseason games. Not only is it just dumb for anybody to bet on preseason games, but also, you know, you don't want to be Vazorique and find yourself out of a job. So, you know, be, be responsible. 1-800-GAMBLER, by the way, is the, uh, is the phone call if you have a gambling problem. Uh, if you're thinking of betting on preseason, maybe try that. Just in case. Maybe they can help you out. That would be the right idea. But it it does mean that the long drought, at least, is over. If you want to look at something that is a football-like substance, I guess, like Danny pointed out, there are going to be players running around in New York Jets and Cleveland Browns uniforms, so it will sort of look like NFL football. Uh, You're good until the first weekend of February. It's back. So that feels good about it. For the Denver Broncos, they are a week from their first game in Arizona where they will take on the Cardinals. Of course, the, uh, the rest of the preseason will commence uh, after that. And for the Broncos, uh, an important one. And one that I think will be more interesting than we've seen over the last couple of years because not only does it feel that they're at a pivot point with new ownership, with new coaching, uh, with sort of a make-or-break season for Russell Wilson – Whether you consider Russell Wilson to be a a Hall of Fame quarterback, if you think this was enough, this last season was enough to put a big, big dent in that or even break it, Uh, Russell Wilson's viability as a quarterback long-term, this is really make or break. But the Broncos will take on Arizona. They have San Francisco then the weekend after that, and then the 26th after the scrimmages with the Rams. uh, They will take on the L.A. Rams on the 26th, that Saturday night, and that will be the end of the preseason with the regular season season. Uh, the home opener against las vegas on sunday the 10th so uh yeah you're a week and a day from the first preseason but you're really five weeks from the opener that part's pretty that part is is exciting for broncos fans because this is a year in which it really is important and i think when you talk about make or break it's fascinating because sean payton did mention specifically the idea that his playoffs are bust well Every, every time I hear someone say that, I, I look at the, maybe it's, maybe it's the parent in me. Like, what's the or part? Because that's the part that matters, right? Whether, whether, we're, whether we're talking about a kid, whether we're talking about a coworker, anything. What's, what's the or part? It, it's cool to make an ultimatum, but the, con- the consequences of not reaching that is what? In Sean Payton's case, it's nothing. Nothing. Unless the Broncos go 0-16 somehow. He's going to make it through the season. They're not going to do that anyway. They won't go on 17. So he's going to make it through the year no matter what. And he's not going anywhere. So there is no or bust for Sean Payton. And that's an important part to look at when you get into this preseason and you get into the regular season. Sean Payton understands that turning this franchise around is not like turning a jet ski, it's like turning an ocean liner. And even when it's moving in the right direction, even when you're turning it correctly, it doesn't immediately point where you want it to go. And that's what this Broncos season is likely to be. This team could go 7-10, and 10, only two games better, or they could go 8-9, and nine, three games better, miss the playoffs. And I might still be talking about this team to you in January saying the Broncos had a good season because they got this turned around and they're going back in the right direction. you get the folks that are all into the rings, if you didn't get a ring your season was a waste. Well, let me put it very simply. Those people are fools. Because that's not how sports works. It's never been how sports works. And the playoffs or bust mentality for the Broncos is more aspirational and inspirational than it is realistic. Because there is no bust. Now there's is there playoffs or bust for Russell Wilson? Maybe. Maybe. Now, if Wilson has a pretty good year and the Broncos go eight and nine, okay, you're going to run it back and, and see if things got back on track. If Russell Wilson has a year like he did last year, well, the Broncos won't be going to the playoffs, and it might be playoffs or bust for him as a quarterback for the Broncos and maybe even as a quarterback in the league. One of the concerns is historically when quarterbacks fall off physically, and if you missed any part of the program, I talked about why that's a concern for Russell Wilson. They can fall off a cliff. And it's happened to better quarterbacks than Russell Wilson. It happened to Joe Namath. You could make the argument it happened to Joe Montana. John Elway, their are Broncos fans that still believe the Broncos would have been able to win three Super Bowls in a row had he not retired. You know who didn't believe that? John Elway, who had a tearful retirement conference saying he simply couldn't do it anymore and he knew it. So, for Wilson, it might be playoffs or bust, but for Sean Payton, it's not. And that's one of the very interesting parts of this season. Because Payton will be here in 2024, no matter what happens. Wilson? I don't know. We'll keep an eye on all of that, of course, as the training camp rolls along, as the preseason rolls along, and as the regular season rolls along. want to thank... Uh, Cody Rourke from My Life Sports for joining us today for the latest from Broncos Camp. I hope you'll be joining us again tomorrow for another update. Chris Thomason of the Denver Gazette. A little more in-depth opportunity to discuss that. If you missed either of those interviews, you can always go to MyLifeSports.com or better yet, the free My Life Sports app and get all of that easy to replay at your pace. whenever you feel like it. Carry it around your pocket. All of My Life Sports, all the writing, all the videos, all the shows, all the interviews, all in one spot. Go check it out. Tomorrow, Justin Adams will join us. I'm sure we'll talk Broncos and Buffs. The Buffs are up at camp up in Boulder as well. So it is football season. It's here. It's been fun riding with you. Thanks for everyone who interacted with the program on the text line. Appreciate it. Thanks for Danny, Danny, Danny Bailey in the booth, making it all work there. Always. Uh, the viewing, the listening. He does all of it in that booth. I don't know what he does. I don't want to walk in there because he's got a lot of bright buttons, and I know I shouldn't touch any of them. But Danny knows what they all do. And that's why we're able to do any of what we do out here. Most so, of them at least. Well, better than me. I'll tell you what. Thanks, Danny. Appreciate it. Thanks most of all to you for listening. Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow. Uh Sandy will be off, but I will be with you and we'll uh take a look at a football Friday, because it's really here. We'll be back then. Keep it tuned, however, right here at Miley Sports.
1: Like I'm looking like I need those Ten and a half and if you got them Give me two of those I can tell she never seen Murphy leave before Cause she just standing there As if I'm shooting free throws